Welcome back to an Omnia Proudest. I am Jay, here with my co-host Angela and the inspiration for what might be my favorite podcast we've ever done, Olivia, Angela's Little, the vegan, our rave slash x-rave slash festival friend. It's good to be back. (laughs) And most importantly, our introduction to One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill is right in the niche of like shows that I would have watched slash like should have watched during my like childhood adolescent years because it ran from 2003 to 2012, which would have made me anywhere from the ages of 8 to 15, I think. 8 to 16, I graduated in 2012, so you would have been a junior. I've, I was 15, turned 16 my junior year. Okay. <laughs> just just checking. Because <laughs> I think the other day you said that like you were in middle school when One Tree Hill ended. That was something else. Because no, you said you were like a freshman in high school. And I was like, yeah, I was in middle school. You and I would have not been at the same school at that exact moment. Correct. Fair. I'll give you that one. Looking into – this is coming out in August – Rather than do another sorority series, which by the way, I don't know if you guys have heard this on TikTok, but there will be no Bama mm-hmm. Rush talk season two, three, whatever, because the yep. schools are cracking down on PMs doing outfits of the day because Alabama had to have like security on campus. People, creepy men were going to the houses. Like it was a huge deal. So no more Bama Rush talk and probably no more Rush talk anywhere to that Which extent. is really sad. The, the creepy men just ruined it. They ruin everything. I know. Including this show. They're the Dan Scotts of the world. Oh, no, I'm talking about the creator of the show, but that too. Oh. But yes. So wanting to do some kind of homage to back to school. It's kind of like a throwback to our school years, even though Olivia is a bit of a fetus. Like she watched the show when it was on originally, which I don't know how for like not having a TV and not having, or maybe she did have a TV, but for like kind of her like reserve, I don't know, like her reserved upbringing like one tree hill just like doesn't feel like it would fit in with that it's the rebellion okay i see that i also think she's frozen which like i think so too so i'm just gonna keep talking until like it comes back basically wanting to do a throwback sorts of month angela and i were trying to figure out a show we were gonna do glee but like i got inspired to do glee and now with all the funny girl on broadway drama it's like eh, let's not touch that so then i was like one tree hill i was like why does one tree hill sound familiar and angela like hadn't watched watched it but she was like familiar with it because you said your cousin watched it yes so she definitely was on one tree hill she watched gilmore girls and like because they were both on the wb together they like I think they aired back to back. Gilmore Girls was eight and One Tree Hill was nine. So I was allowed to watch Gilmore Girls, but usually probably about ten minutes into One Tree Hill, I was sent up to bed. One Tree Hill was on after? Mm-hmm. I always imagine One Tree Hill on like before because I remember like watching Got Oh. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I feel like it came on before because, like, I'd watch Gossip Girl at 9 or I would watch something else after. I do know, though, I saw some of the previews where they were talking about 90210 at 8, so maybe it was on at 9. I don't know. It might have pulled a Grey's thing where, like, it would flip depending on, like, what show is more popular because I also know with Grey's, like, the 9 p.m. slot, they can do, like, dirtier things. Yeah. No, I think that's why because I actually – I asked her about this at Family Barbecue and – 
like we were reminiscing a little bit and at least in 2003 when it first aired it was in the nine o'clock spot because I remember seeing it for the first time after Gilmore Girls Keg Max. Do you remember any context of what episode or what was going on in the show at the time? No I don't. All I remember is that like I was sitting there like really quietly because it was like nine o'clock that was also like my third grade bedtime and hoping that no one would notice so that I could keep watching. And then about like five minutes in, someone was like, Angela's still here. And then I got sent off to bed. Oh, Olivia, what was your first experience with the show when you were a wee little one? Well, I actually didn't start watching this show until I was a sophomore in high school. And my friends who I was in chemistry class with actually told me to watch it. And, um, they would like ask me where I was to see what spoilers they could kind of, you know, <laughs> say and what parts I was at just to make sure they weren't going to give too much mm-hmm. away. But that's definitely what got me into watching the show. And I got my whole family to watch with me. So it was my mom and my brother. We'd all watch together. And after a while, like I was really the only one who kept watching it, but it's a good show. So like, I know that people say and like, listening to the podcast of um the three lead women on the show and just like hearing shows like this niche of like teen drama was supposed to be like the show your family would always watch together it was like a family kind of concept thing and granted I don't know I have a single mom so like that doesn't but like I just can't imagine like I watched all of these shows alone or like with my friends like I don't know anyone who sat down and was like family let's watch Gossip Girl together or like Winter Hill I understand is like much like more vanilla compared to Gossip Girl but just the whole like CW genre like WB but like before they merged with UPN like was supposed to be this thing of like I don't know Angela did you and your mom watch like Veronica Mars together like it's just like the idea of like this being a family thing like doesn't appeal to me. Oh, no, absolutely not. I totally watched Veronica Mars on my own. Like, Supernatural was also, I think, originally, like, started WB and then became CW. Mm-hmm. Watched that on my own. Like, I couldn't imagine watching that, like, with my parents together. Like, sometimes my dad would watch with me, mm-hmm. but my dad also, like, didn't really pay a ton of attention. Like, he would, like, be doing work or, like, on his phone or computer or whatever. So... I don't know. It's definitely a weird concept because I don't think like even One Tree Hill by today's standards, like in comparison to other things, totally tame. But for what it was back then, totally scandalous. I would not have wanted to watch that with my family. So me, as this is mostly because I really wanted to talk about this and it's going to be extra long and video because, you know, I want it to be. I didn't watch until June 1st, twenty. 22 yeah that's the year we're in I don't know multiverse whatever I don't know what I don't know what it is anymore so I watched so I started it on June 1st right before I went down to LA and very proudly and in my obsessive compulsive nature as Taylor Tomlin would say I have obsessive compulsive tendencies watch the entire show all nine seasons, 187 episodes in two weeks. I did see that if you did stay up straight and watch it, it would be done in a week. And granted, I skipped over some of the boring things and not that like, here's the thing, like for the third time of a couple breaking up and getting back together or one of the boys having to profess their love in the rain because they like fucked up, you kind of get the point. It's a teen drama. This isn't like we're saving world hunger. But it was entertaining and it got more entertaining. And I was like, 
my entire text chain with Olivia for these two weeks was just me like taking and sending her all of my notes and all of my feelings and thoughts. And I told her, I'm like, if I have anything important to say, I'm just going to FaceTime you because like otherwise it would break the chain of all of my text messages, which I did screen record and took up a whole two minutes of me scrolling at like an average speed to get through them. But yes. And there was a lot of messages and I have to say reading them throughout the day was great (laughs) because you would be on season three at one point and then it was the finale and then all these things are happening and you're reminding me of things I forgot about and it made it more exciting for me as well. And then since finishing the series, I have then gone back and watched essentially the whole series a second time. But the first three seasons, and the thing that really appealed to me about why I wanted to watch the show is because the three lead women have a podcast where they're rewatching it. And for those of you who don't know or haven't spoken to me the last month, because you, if you have, this is all I've been talking about. Sophia Bush, also known from Chicago PD, John Tucker Must Die. I'm sure other things, but those are my points. And who just got married in Tulsa, Oklahoma in a beautiful Monique Lullier dress. Um, Hillary Burton, also known as the vein of my existence on Grey's Anatomy. And like, um, and then Joy Lenz, who was also on Grey's Anatomy. And with, unfortunately, Matthew Morrison from Glee, who was abusing her at the time. But like, those were only my two references for the other actresses. I don't know if you guys had known the other two other than Sophia Bush very much or seen their work since One Tree Hill? I have not. Not really. Not really. Definitely out of all of the core cast, Sophia Bush has had the most flourishing career. Mm -hmm. As me not wanting to just talk at my friends for two hours because, you know, personal growth, personal development, and Olivia and I are having some fun beverages as the girls do, women do on their podcast. Yes, I felt like we had to in honor yes. of them. Angel, have you heard the theme song to their podcast? No, I haven't. Okay, so I'm going to play you the theme song really quickly. Because the greatest thing is, I don't know. Oh, no. Well, we can just make this one come out after Outside Lands. I want to. Re- I wanted to recreate their podcast cover photo that's really cute. And so okay. I, I text Olivia. I text Olivia like a screenshot like, hey, I want to recreate this photo. Like, who do you want to be? Because I had a feeling, Angel, I know like which one you'd want to be, but like, I wasn't sure if you would go by character because, like, the one who I thought Olivia would want to be, you would want to be the other one because one of them has their chin up, and I know you have, like, feelings about that. But, like, I wasn't (laughs) sure if we could, like, wash it out. But anyway, I sent her this text, and then Olivia was like, wait, do you want to do the theme song or the photo? And I'm just going to – I'm going to see if I can – oh, if I – no, Spotify won't work. Okay, here's my phone. I was scared. I thought you wanted us to sing it. Well, one only Joy sings, but... Oh my god, you're gonna make me sing. No, 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 no. We're doing the photo, but Olivia thought it was the song, which was the funny part. Okay, I'm gonna play the trailer. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool. And this might have to get cut out, but like, we'll see. At least you can get their reactions if I have to mute this in post. acapella right Angela really badly 
Don't worry, Olivia and I can cover the clapping. It's got kind of talking. That's why I thought I could do that. Yeah. Sorry, it's going to be our next viral reel. Like, girl thinks she can sing on the internet. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, the way I thought we could do this, I was thinking we could go season by season and following our also sorority nature, along with our Sophia, or along with our sorority sister, Sophia Bush in Panaletic. Pro, con, con, pro per season. And, like, we can do as many. Basically, do pros and then bad things. And you always have to end with at least one good thing. Unlike our sisters in recruitment, remember to leave one good thing for the end. <laughs> we can do that. Okay. We can do that. Anything before we go sequentially, comments, questions, concerns for the team? Slancha. I think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> That's oh, the episode good. I'm on right now. <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. I have one very important question, and you guys both got to season. You finished when... Also, spoiler alerts, but I don't think anyone really cares. When Peyton and Lucas leave, does Lucas ever speak to Millie? I, I want to say no. I, I was thinking about this, and like, I don't know what. Like, I was rewatch one of the episodes. I was like, they're the only two characters who I could distinctly remember. I'm like, I don't think they've ever spoken to one another. I'm sure others haven't, but they were the ones that like stuck out in my mind, like during this particular episode I was rewatching. I could see that because if you think about it, when we get the introduction of Millie, like in Lucas's life, he is way too wrapped up in himself. And it's like you get a little bit of interaction between Lucas and Brooke, but not like not nearly as much like to like bring Millie in because at that point, Millie was still new to Brooke's life. She was just her assistant. It wasn't until Lucas left that like they had started forming that larger bond. But 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 Millie was dating Mouth. Yeah, Lucas kind of dropped a lot of things. Okay, we're gonna start with season one now. <laughs> Pro about season one. I like the parents. Like looking back and realizing, like the parents, like were actually pretty good actors. Something that I learned on their podcast recording of it. Angela, you might know this because you were a screenwriter person. Did you know people whose names had the and or the with or the as at the end of the credits were actually like the more paid, like well established people? Like on Gilmore Girls, how it always said like with. Oh, is his name Edward something? Edward like, Herman. Okay, yeah. like I didn't know that. Like meant they were. I thought like. I just always thought they went like call sheet order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, generally when you get the and or with, like they have kind of like more established careers where it's like they are kind of the ones who like they can walk in and like name their price-ish as much as you can do that in TV. Well, I did not know that. So my first pro is I really liked the parents and the adults of the series. I like the intergenerational shows. Discuss. (laughs) You like all the parents? I like, not like, like their characters. Like, I don't think they're all good people, but like the interconnectedness of the parents' storyline with their kids, but like the parents also, for at least like the first bit, like could kind of also stand alone. Like Dan didn't need to be with Nathan for like him to be pulling his like bullshit. Well, that's why I think it's for families. Well, I mean, just because my mom was able to like watch that part and then I had the part, you know, that was more my age. And so I felt like it really was for parents as well they could follow along and see how it unfolded dan scott is a great villain 
Is that your pro or is that continuing off my spiel on parents? Continuing off your spiel on parents, but that's also kind of my pro. Yeah. Like I, I was going through and I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen a TV villain like as committed as Dan Scott. I really liked it and like his arc throughout the entire series. And it's like, God, evil just doesn't die. They tried mm-hmm. to kill him at the end of three season finales and like nothing was successful. But listening to when Paul Johansson was on the girls podcasts, he was saying how to play a character like that, the way he channeled it or the way he kind of took it was like a misguided, but like an above and beyond kind of view of like his love for his children. Like, so like at the core of every bad thing he does, it was for how much protective and deluded it was for both of his sons, like for both of them, which I think is really interesting. So I guess like Olivia for like a quick little family tree of let's just go with anyone related directly in the Scott family, run us through that tree a little bit, unless she froze again, which one of us can do too. Okay, so we have <laughs> Is this the thing like if we don't let her talk like immediately, that like the video <laughs> just keeps dropping? I guess so. Okay. So okay. our patriarch, our misogynist So, in high school, Dan Scott and Karen Rowe were sweethearts. At the end of their senior year, or summer after senior year, they've always been a little bit fuzzy on that timeline. Wait, hold on. They were very, wait, they were very stereotypical high school sweethearts. Prom king and queen, he was captain of the basketball team, she was captain of the cheer team at their high school. I don't know. Karen planned on a life with him. Dan planned on his best celebrity life. End of senior year, summer before, first year of college, because they're a little fuzzy on that timeline, Karen gets pregnant. Dan leaves her, takes his basketball scholarship to Duke, and then he meets Deb. He and Deb start dating, and then Deb gets pregnant three months after Karen gets pregnant. And so that is how we have the brothers Scott, Lucas, and Nathan. Lucas is Karen's son. Nathan is Deb's son. And they did not know that they were brothers until they were 12 years old. And if you look at them, you think they're with the wrong mother. Seriously. Oh, my God. I've always thought that. They addressed that on the podcast because originally they wanted Chad Michael Murray to play Nathan. But he was over his Tristan and... Austin Ames and like bad sporty douche. I think it's funny because he turns into that guy again anyways. So if he played Nathan, then he would end up being the bad guy turned good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like no one knew like how long the show would run. So I feel like if they only got like the one season, he liked the other arc better, I guess. Yes. Yeah. That's our initial. Olivia, what's your pro about season one? Um, what did you Well, like? even though Dan plays a villain, I think he plays a really likable villain and he does a lot of things that make him a character that you almost want to root for, but not quite because he does save Lucas at the end with the car crash. And I think that's really out of character, but also not because he really does love his kids. He just doesn't know how to show it in a normal fatherly way. And he wants the best for them, but even if that means like tearing them down to get what he thinks is best. I do think that 
him saving Lucas is one of the pros in season one. You, like, I get the thing of, like, wanting to root for him because I think, like, especially, like, since my first introduction with the show was, like, in 2022, it was, like, oh, like, fragile white man who has been raised in a system to, like, not show his feelings and, like, only aim for external things has a lot of, like, internal issues, especially when you meet his father, Royal, and when you know his brother, Keith, like, you understand not like it's good but like you un you see it a lot more and I think especially like I don't know back then it wouldn't have been something to talk about like Dan and even with all of his bad things would still really have been and probably was revered at the time because of what he would do because of his success because of the way he like quote-unquote like bootstrapped himself after like knocking up two women like he would be the one held up and so I think being able to see it for the first time through this lens like I had not, like, I don't want to say I had empathy because, like, Dan is a complete asshole and, like, takes the wrong move at every fucking turn. But I was able to not justify his flaws, but, like, have compassion as to the things he would have been forced to suppress during that time. First con. Can I go first? Yes. As you both either reviewed my list or watched the episodes, season one, episode 21. The episode where yes Angela would you like to comment no go ahead it's the episode where Haley catches Nathan search history with adult content I did not like the way it was handled however something that Angela pointed out to me at a different episode was like in this time in society like it could have been a lot worse than what I'm thinking it too. So basically, Haley catches Nathan with some adult films on his search history after he is waiting for her to be ready to have sex for the first time. And she like blows up at him like, how do you watch this if you love me? Like, why can't you just wait? Like, why can't you just do all of this? And I really didn't like her take on it at all. I really felt like like even it was interesting, even on the podcast from the girls, I didn't love their take of like, Haley put up a boundary that Nathan just like needed to like follow and like again maybe it's because like I'm not sure of like porn culture back in those days of why it might have been such a big deal but like is it reasonable just to be like suffer in silence I almost feel like well I understand why he was watching in a sense he was trying to let her have the time until she was ready. And so I think she definitely did overreact and took it very personal, expecting that he wants those things of her instead of realizing that he was just giving her the space that she needed until she was ready. But like still he had to do what he had to do. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that both of those like points and like I agree with them completely. It's like they are very... They're very new mindsets. Like, I think when, like, I was growing up and I'd get, like, Cosmo Girl magazine or, like, teen people or things like that, they had articles running about, like, introductions to, like, pornography for women, like, making it a safe, inclusive space. Um, Like, now we have, like, all, like, different types of, like, porn and, like, erotic, like, literature literotica yes um (laughs) like what like the uh, like the audiobooks 
um, like things like that. Like it's been like a new space that's been opened up for women. So I think that like Haley's reaction is very like 2003, 16 year old girl who does not have a safe space within this genre industry, whatever. Like it's purely like made like for the pleasure of men at like at the expense of the degradation of women. So I think like it, like I think in that way it makes sense, but it also like I do like the way that I think it was Lucas and like another character kind of like walked it back for her and they were like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not as if like he's pushing this on you. Like he didn't leave his search history open for you to find. You you looked, you found it and you kept going down down that hole. Like none of this was put out like for you as in like, Haley, you have 30 days to comply. I do though have problems with the pictures of Peyton. Because, like, that's a different story. Pictures oh, yeah. of your Picture of your ex. Oh, yeah. Different like, story yeah, completely. Which brings into, I would say, I don't know Angela's feelings, but one of Olivia, Olivia's favorite character and, like, one of my top characters, Peyton. Olivia, tell us about her. Peyton, I would describe her as a tortured <laughs> artist. She has a huge love for art and music. And when she can't really describe her feelings um, verbally, she usually sketches them out. And so she has pictures all over her room and her sketch pad that she carries with her. And it's a really big part of who she is. Um, And so is music. And eventually she takes her passion for music and turns it into a career. She owns a club and has her own label. And before that, when she's in high school, she starts Trick, where she brings in all these bands, which is a really really cool element of the show. I love that they have live music um, during the 2000s that come on the show and perform. And it just adds like a really unique uh, layer to the show. Sorry. Until Olivia got to the music part, I'm like, oh, so she just described herself is like what I heard. <laughs> like until we got to like the working in the record part, like yes. oh, just, just wrote like an about me for something. <laughs> And that is why Peyton is my favorite. I do have to say we have a lot in common. And I always felt that way watching in high school. I always was drawn towards her, um, even though she's kind of got a chaotic, troubled Oh, yeah. You were an angsty cheerleader, too. (laughs) Yes, I was. (laughs) Like, not, like, shouldn't have been a cheerleader, but was a cheerleader, maybe. Yeah, I feel like... I didn't realize till I was rewatching season three, like they make her cry in almost every single episode of season three. And not like a I'm tearing up, but like everything. She gets shot. Her biological mother dies. She finds out she's adopted. She gets a stalker in the next season who comes back twice. Like that writer might have just like, should have fired her season four if he hated her that much. Because like, boy, did he have anger with that character. And Brooke. it honestly got, and then all the conflict, yeah, between her and Brooke, even like her best friend. Then they have a falling out. Then they're friends again, but it's not the same. And then they have another falling out. I just feel like, yeah, the writer was really <laughs> going through it with her. It was honestly really hard for me to watch anything with Peyton in season three because it was just so sad. And she's a great actress. Like I felt all of her sadness and everything. It just it got so difficult and I don't know I feel like sometimes I hold a little bit of like all 
a little bit of that sadness against Peyton's character because no, just because like it made me so sad that it was like, it was hard for me to watch. So I like distanced myself from Peyton. Oh no. I like fully dove into like Peyton's like dark and angsty. I love Peyton from the beginning. And like, I remember all again, drink every time I say on their podcast, they mentioned that their show was supposed to start in like mid year, but it got pulled because another show, like all that Hollywood stuff. But they were still filming like only two to three episodes ahead at the beginning and no one liked Peyton's character which I'm not surprised for the Earl I'm not surprised that like Olivia and I like like her I'm not surprised Olivia liked her back then and likes her now and I'm not surprised I like her now but I'm also not surprised like back then like why she wouldn't have resonated with like the typical teen drama person they don't explain her angstiness. She kind of comes off like as a bitch. Like, why are you a cheerleader? And like, people thought she was like really mean, which is like why they took her. They said they took her so dark to like give her the redemption arc, which I frankly don't think she needed. I think she was a teenage girl whose like dad had neglected her, mother had died picking her up from school. Like, she just needed like people to care about her. And like Brooke did that for a long time for her. And like, she had a, she picked out like shitty men. So like. I think she was, like, from the beginning, like, I didn't need more justified than what was, like, given to me. I was, like, I understand why, like, just those things before season three happened. Like, why a young girl with a lot of feelings would feel that way. Yeah. Like, I think she was a very complex character that they tried to compress to, like, Mm -hmm. because they thought that it would make it easier for people to understand. And it's, like, no, if they had opened that up, instead of just, like, I love that, like, she had her own refrain always saying, everyone always leaves. But great, let's talk about why everyone – People always leave. Yeah. Like, let's talk about why people are always leaving. Like, let's give her time and space to really explore that. It's, like, she would just say people would always leave and then they'd put her in a corner somewhere alone where no one wanted to deal with her. It's just, like – they had so many opportunities to, like, show, like, real, like, character, like, compassion, and they didn't. Well, the girls were supposed to be, like, minor characters to, like, the brothers, so they didn't really think people – like, I seriously think if they could have written out the three leads other than Haley, because, like, obviously Nathan had to date someone, because, like, who was – what is a teen drama without a couple? Like, they would have written out Peyton – they would have written out Peyton and Brooke, but, like – because teen dramas typically have a very female audience and like we really liked the female characters they couldn't do it so they had that's why in three through the end they had to expand their characters because originally they were supposed to be like cheerleader like brunette cheerleader blonde cheerleader nerdy friend and then when people they saw that like that's where a lot of like their fan base was like gravitating towards they had to expand them but don't they like try to write out Haley when she went on tour that's what they said like well that was joy's theory that yeah pardon me one of the reasons they sent her on tour was to see if they could do the show without Haley. no they married her <laughs> like she's now a core member of the cast they had to hold on to the ones they could Peyton either of you have a con, a con about season one or just all pros all around I, don't, I really liked season one Like, I don't think I have any cons. I think my biggest pro would be that I liked how the girls built their friendship. And on set – sorry, continue. Oh, no, just because it's, like, you had so much, like, angst and fighting between 
Nathan and Lucas and like yeah like it really like drove the drama of the show like for them in high school but it was really nice to see like the girls like get to know each other and like actually build a friendship I think it's so interesting that in the show it kind of shows Peyton and Brooke getting to know each other but then they've also been best friends from I don't know elementary school or I'm not sure what age and then there's key details that Brooke should know that she doesn't and that kind of bothered me just because I feel like maybe in the beginning they hadn't written their characters fully and so then there's gaps that don't really add up season one of Gilmore Girls when they completely redo Emily and Richard's house in season two or when they rename Kirk like three times he was in the show a lot but they mentioned that on the again on the podcast how one they became fast friends off screen and it's surprising not surprising but like Joy and Hillary actually became friends first because they both like did the theater scene in New York and then, like, Sophia Bush, like, later, because she was, like, California girl, college and stuff. So, like, how they quickly became friends and, like, because of fragile male egos, that quickly became a threat to the creator of the show. And, like, how literally he would, like, say, like, so-and-so came into my office to talk about you. So-and-so came in to say this. Like, like literally pin them all against each other, which is, like, the most ridiculous thing ever. But, yeah, the episode where, like, Peyton runs all the red lights and she's like, my mom's been dead for, like, eight years and, like, Brooke knows. It's like, so, like, you don't think on that anniversary, like, maybe she would check in with her friend, her best friend whose mother died, who knows has feelings about it. Or you don't think, like, with the fact that both of their parents were gone their entire childhood. I just also don't understand that. They're, like, 16, 17, I guess, like, 15 to 17-year-old kids who's, like, parents just like aren't there and like at least like in Peyton's case it's not like it's like been that way for a while like this girl is 16 and she has never had like a parental figure and I'm just like imagining me at 16 with like no like adults stabilizing me like and the fact that they were basically living on their own like completely on their own I would have been scared to be there by myself all the time and she'd leave oh the front God. door unlocked and people would come into her room all the time and her music would be so loud that's didn't even know I'm sorry oh my god yeah, yes I'm sorry. That's like careless with her life that's like a dumb thing to do though like leave your door unlocked like when you're alone like that's like that's not even safety that's just like common oh absolutely I feel like that was like something that I heard like a lot of though from like teenage friends they're like oh yeah I just leave the door open so people can come in when they want no well I mean I definitely used to have my front door unlocked all the time but growing up in Mount Shasta I felt like that was everybody did that and I would just walk into my friend's did houses did you leave it unlocked when you would so okay but wait did parents you leave it unlocked there. when you were inside or outside of the house okay no like this inside is but never if I was yeah. alone by myself yeah, inside Angela and I were having this conversation about something else and I was like because Angela's like, Jay, you'd leave the door unlocked in our apartment all the time. I'm like, I would never leave I would never leave to class and leave the door unlocked. Like, no, but like if you were inside, I was like, oh yeah, I would do that. Like if I took a shower or like someone was coming over, I would just like lock the shower door and like leave the front one undone. But I would never physically leave the apartment with no one inside unlocked. And I know people like in these like small towns do that. Which mm-hmm. I'm just like, nope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
Yes, they do. I would go over to my friend's house at lunch. Nobody would be there, but the door would be unlocked oh, so I could terrifying. go inside. That's terrifying. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't love that. Okay. Let's move on to season two, which nothing really happened in season two. Nothing that I enjoyed. Nothing. I didn't. I don't know. I really don't like season two. I think the two big things were teen marriage, teen marriage on the rocks. The, the only other big storyline to me in season two that matters is like Anna and her sexuality and being bisexual back in those days, I'm sure was like a big deal. But those she the was the first bisexual character on TV in like a teen drama. Oh, I was like, ever? That's crazy. I, I think it I think it actually might have been that. ever. I have to oh, wow. I, I had that pulled up because I think it was like noted um on like a LGBTQ like TV representation forum. That's crazy. Did you also know that Tim on a soap opera played one of the first like openly gay characters? I'm, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm really yes. happy so me growing up in California, very liberal, accepting, diversity, woke policing, whatever term you want to go with, like always loved and accept everyone. And I've had a pretty, I, I, I don't have much information or people in my life, like from Southern states, from more. So like, I had some preconceived notions, like watching the show, like, oh yeah, like, well, are you people in like small town North Carolina who have like these views, but not only like did I think the show for its time handle really well? All of the, I mean, all of the actors I've seen post show are actually very liberal, very like activisty. Like Tim, when he stepped away from acting, like built this like video tech platform, which helped like the DNC. Bevan and her husband, now rest in peace. Like we're doing a lot. Like all the characters I've seen, um, David and Lauren, who we meet in later seasons, like posted about Biden's election and voting. Obviously, Sophia Bush, Hillary, and Joy posted a lot too. So, like, for being a show set in like small town North Carolina, where like there are allu- like allusions or not allusions, where they do allude to like more some kind of like values that would reflect the, the era and the people a little bit, it was like not a big of like who the cast ended up being, which I was really happy with. And I think like that partially probably like reflects in the characters, even when they do play some of those more like traditional scenes. But yeah, I like the way they handled Anna's storyline a lot. I think what they had Peyton do was really good. I think that I don't know like how I mean, if she was the first, I'm sure that like had a ripple effect on media and culture at the time for those watching the show. Overall, I like I don't want to say like I loved season two. But, like, no real complaints for me. I, I'm i a Nathan girl, so just, like, naily together. It's really nice for me. But I feel like one of the things that is, like, very, like, underrated for them is, like, the fact that, like, Nathan got emancipated, which is, like, how, what led to their whole marriage thing. And, like, no, they it's because to, like, they wanted to have sex. That's why they got married. Are you kidding me? Well, what in what enabled them to even get married? Because, like, Dan and Deb weren't going to give their permission. No, but what enabled them to get married was Haley's hippie-dippy parents. Like, they yeah, could have gotten married but, if Nathan still lived at home. Well, no, but the thing is, they were both parents. they were both 16. They were both, like, they both needed permission to get married. But Nathan didn't because he had emancipated himself. So he could make oh, those decisions. I thought they just needed one set of parents to do it. No. Because that's why they went to Haley's parents. Well, because she's still underage. She because they didn't need to uh, ask. Like they needed. Yeah. She needed permission. 
But yes, they definitely did get married to have yeah. sex. Um, I, no, I mean, I, like, I don't know. I think that their whole little thing is cute. I know it goes very against my character. Very against my brain and what people would say. Like, Nathan and Haley, I literally could write them out of the show and be pretty satisfied with, like, everyone else. Like, I understand their purpose. I know, like, the dare you to move scene in the rain was very cute. I understand that, like, teen love that lasts and their trials and tribulations but like frankly to me the best thing about Maylee is that I got Jamie from it I would agree with that oh he is God. the cutest season, season this is why I said you guys should just do the podcast because I don't like anyone as much as I like Maylee but you hate Haley I don't really have any I don't have any issues yeah. with Nathan all my issues lie with Haley and I feel like they started her out as I don't know you know, she's tutor girl, she's trying to help people succeed, doing their best, and then all of a sudden she becomes so selfish and, like, everything she does is for herself, but that's not how she was portrayed in the beginning, and I feel like the drastic change just really, like, threw me for a loop. Um, well, here, yeah. let me put it this I way. I like Nathan, and I'm a Nathan girl, so whatever makes Nathan happy, I like, because I also don't like Haley, like, as a character, but... Yes. But you like them together. Like, they're fine, okay. but, like, the thing with Haley is, like, okay, if you take out the things that happen with Jamie, so, like, Nanny Carrie and, like, Dan and some other things, most of Haley's problems are of Haley's making. Like, Nathan gets, Nathan, like, works with my people and, like, okay, I guess Nathan's the reason Haley got run over. But, like, everyone else, like, had issues that, like, were, like, like, Peyton got shot. No one really could have helped the fact that, like, Peyton got shot. Haley chose to go on tour. Haley made decisions that directly impacted negative things in her life and then was like, what happened? It's like, your decisions. Your decisions are how we ended up here. I could say the same thing for Peyton. Peyton's dad specifically asked her when her mom died, like, do you feel comfortable with me still doing this? And she was like, it really makes him happy. And my mom died, so I couldn't take away his happiness. So of course I let him go away for months on end and don't tell him how I actually feel and lie about things and tell him that my life is great all the time. She could have said, dad, I'm unhappy. I miss you. I want you to be home. No, instead she told Lucas that and then Lucas told her dad. Are you really blaming a girl for getting shot and getting a stalker right now? No, I'm not talking about her getting shot and getting a stalker. I'm talking about the fact that she missed her dad and wouldn't tell him. That is a problem of her making. I'm not saying other people don't have problems of their own making. Half the show is like that these white privileged people who keep stumbling upwards in mobility, like clearly shits of their own making. But like Nathan doesn't choose to get kidnapped. But remember. Like Brooke doesn't choose to get assaulted. Peyton doesn't choose to get assaulted. Peyton can't really tell people how she feels about them. So instead, she draws about it. And doesn't she have stuff in her room that if he looked at, he would see that she's not doing too well? Well, like, also, like, her mother died. Like, yeah. I don't, like, like clearly the parents, Larry, Larry was missing some cells up there. Yeah, no, but, like, Haley's just, like, a character where, like, she does things, but she sees things as happening to her and then, like, reacts. And Nathan, I mean, like, I'm not here to defend Haley. <laughs> The thing is, like, Nathan without Haley is even duller. I disagree. Okay, like, like, let's just go. Like, what, why Nathan? 
Like, Nathan went through his whole little bad boy transformation to become the good guy, and then he, like, committed his life to trying to be a stable influence. He didn't always succeed in that, but he tried to be, like, as level as he could for Haley to be, like, the person that she needed to feel safe, and then again, like, for Jamie and their daughter. But, like, I haven't really finished that season yet, so I haven't really seen him with Lydia. Like, Nathan Nathan is boring for the reason of, like, he has to he has to be stable and safe because he has people who depend on him. Okay, you guys continue talking. I'll just be here. Oh, no, Olivia froze again. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, Olivia froze again. She wasn't just making faces. I was like, like, I cognitively get, like, why you're Team Nathan and why, like, a lot of girls, like, every freaking, like, fan page on Instagram is, like, only Team Nailey. Like, I, I understand they have a huge fan base, and I understand why. I just think, like... I didn't like Lucas. I would have much preferred if he had stayed on Gilmore Girls and been Tristan DeGray, maybe gotten kicked out senior year of high school, and then come back to Yale as, like, Rory's freshman nemesis slash love interest. I don't know. I like I, I liked Lucas. I don't know whether it was, like, the single mom thing or, like... I felt like he just always felt more grounded, not like in his decisions, but like his character to me felt more grounded. I mean, he was definitely like more down to earth, like in the fact that like he was raised like in a much more stable atmosphere. Like he was very centered and like, this is real life. This is what's going on. And like, I feel like that's a lot of what Nathan had to learn. But like Lucas could make some like very selfish like decisions. Oh, yeah. Completely. And I think for me, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't think, I don't know, I guess the thing about, like, I feel like a lot of, like, Nathan and Haley's growth were due to, like, external things. And, like, for me, like, Lucas and Peyton, it was a lot of, like, having to work on themselves, which I liked. Olivia? Your stance on Nathan versus Lucas? Um, that's tough. I definitely like Lucas, although I feel like I shouldn't. <laughs> um, just because he definitely played, I don't know, I think he played Brooke and Peyton just because he didn't know what he wanted and he was trying to go along with what he thought they wanted and then he just always seemed to be like digging himself a deeper hole and um when he got his heart broken by Peyton I guess for the second time I'm not really sure how many times he when he chose that his heart was broken you know like she yes like she did not break it like he chose he made a stupid decision like that was all that was a stupid choice it was a stupid choice and I felt like a lot of his choices were stupid and sometimes like it would just be so frustrating because you think you know what they're gonna choose and then they don't and then there's like a whole nother spiral him and Lindsay and that was like hard to watch just how Peyton acted with Lindsay what Lindsay how she felt about Peyton and the book and I don't know I just felt like Lucas wanted the best of 
everything and that's not what he always got so he would look for yeah, it somewhere else. I feel else. like Lucas had a lot of like what a lot of I don't know if like I would I guess I would call it like I guess like I would deem it like ugly duckling syndrome like he loved Peyton for like he's he's the epitome of like loner boy nerd quiet kid turns like to the utmost popular and competent and like aware and like when people like have that turnaround like oh I have social capital like act like feel very entitled and act out very inappropriately a lot of the times and he went like yeah his whole broken painting like but I'm trying to do what they want it's like no you're not like you're a douche you won't make a choice because you like all of a sudden that two girls who never would have given you the time of day and who didn't give you the time of day before you joined the basketball team now are into you yes that's exactly what happened yeah so Leighton fan over here Lucas and Paint season six the fact that was like all focus on them big fan I mean, I'm a big fan of them, too. I think he has a lot of good redeeming moments with Peyton, you know, with the school shooting and when he sat with her and saved her and um, just always being there for her. And even when they weren't together and she really missed Jake, calling Jake, having him come back and telling her dad, I think he did always do what he thought, well, he tried to do what was best for Peyton, but um, he made a well, lot of mistakes like, and well, hurt like, a lot of people. Hearing that, it feels like like when the boys like would misbehave, they were like pulling from like their father's choices. Like when like Lucas would do what he thought was best for other people, or like took things certain way. It's like it's very Dan Scott, and like when Nathan would get very like overly aggressive and overly like competitive, and like when he was like in his wheelchair and like very pissy, it was like oh like you're turning into your father. Like it was like a very clear like pack patrilineal lineage issue with them but what really pissed me off in season three when like Brooke and Lucas finally got back together and I really liked it I don't understand if if I don't know if you two can agree with this when like Brooke and Lucas were together in season one I didn't like like them I didn't feel it it was like eh but like in season three like, I actually felt like they came back and they like I got it like I understood it like I felt like they both actually cared for each other which is ironic because in season one they were dating before they got married in real life and then I learned the reason they broke up is because he cheated with Paris Hilton what the fuck yes I was was so annoyed when I heard that but like I feel sorry that I'm now triggered I don't remember what my point was (laughs) thinking of that oh yeah when just how their relationship in season one wasn't feel yeah like I didn't feel like they were a connection I feel they're like oh well you're dating in real life like date on the show and it was like they were awkward and it didn't make sense and it felt like like, I didn't feel like Lucas liked Brooke at all. It was like, well, Peyton said no. So, like, cheer captain, sure. And then in season three, like, when he was actually fighting for Brooke, I'm like, oh, I see this. Like, I see what you bring out each other. Like, it makes sense. And so for them to then for the, the second, like, Brooke and Lucas, like, become official, for every fucking episode, for him to be thrown with Peyton again was like, we get it. Like, and it was annoying because it, like, it kind of was like, it didn't feel initially like it was their choice to keep getting, like, it wasn't their choice to keep getting thrown together, but, like, obviously their feelings were there, and I wish they had played more, especially, like, with Chad and Hillary being such good, like, emotional, just, like, played on, like, the yearning for each other, rather than, like, she gets shot, Lucas finds her, she, Luke, like, Peyton drunkenly stumbles into Lucas's bed, like, it felt very forced, and I feel like, regardless of whether they forced it or not, like, the whole point was, like, 
Peyton and Luke were destiny and they could have done that more like emotional pulls versus like let's keep physically making it so they have to be in scenes together I mean like I completely agree with you guys like I don't know like I didn't like Brooke and Lucas the first time it felt weird I didn't believe it I mean no one believed it what is it even like his mom like when he was in the hospital and was like oh so you're dating Brooke not Peyton what's that about And actually, I take that back. I do have a con for season one. I don't like when Lucas left the hospital and went to go visit Peyton. And then Peyton live streamed it to the world unintentionally. Okay, again, why the hell does a 16-year-old have a live streaming to who freaking knows where at all times? And people have made the comment like for her dad. It's like, but like back then we had password protection. We had things. She would, they made it very clear in season one, like Jimmy and Fergie and Junk and all those River Court boys would watch Peyton change. Yeah. And like, we didn't have issues with that. It's very, um, we actually like studied this a little bit in college in one of my classes. We talked about like the like first like live streamers and stuff in the 90s. And it was just like a thing. Like it's- I get it, but it's, it's really weird now, but like back then- huge thing because it's also like i don't know there's definitely like a little bit of a status in it too because you have to remember that's also still within like the time of dial up like it you it takes a lot of access for you to do that and to find it and watch it either way also brooke child pornography what season three like when she was uploading naked pictures of no the time capsule when she like flashed it oh, and then it ended up on the oh internet. i know yeah. She, they take- oh yeah but speaking of i don't know i feel like yeah. one thing that on this podcast we can all mutually agree on i love brooke i think brooke has one of the best arcs i think her and peyton like went through it the hardest and like angela you can fight me like i think like they like they've made peyton and brooke like severely like suffer more than anyone else on the show but like brooke even though like with Brooke having such like a hard story like regardless of whether she was being like the comedic one or the dramatic one or whatever like Brooke was always able to like help balance out like the two couples or well if she was in one of the couples like I feel like Brooke really did overtime I don't know I feel like I'm the most like Brooke if we pull people even though I got one quiz where they said I was Dan Scott and they didn't give me I'm like you're just fucking with me like you just like randomly pick someone I'm like this makes absolutely no sense as to why this would happen but I related a lot to Brooke I feel like Brooke and I have very similar issues in terms of validation externally versus internally high achieving and I really liked her arc and I could relate to her because she had she similarly to Peyton was neglected but like how she chose and how it manifested in her was different and I think well I mean it was like different and how like she interpreted it I think I guess that's like because they both kind of took it to like I'm the problem but like Peyton was like I'm the problem and so I just should find new people and Brooke was like I'm the problem I should fix myself to get it I don't know that's how I kind of see the difference and I relate a lot to Brooke and also I was saying when I first watched the show and they do the time jump, I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't watch the show back then because I would have seriously deluded myself into thinking like, oh, well, I'm like Brooke. I'm on the cheer team. I can create a multi-million dollar business right out of high school, like in fashion and move to New York. That's feasible. Why do you guys love Brooke? Why do I think Brooke had such great character development. Um, 
They showed her as like a party girl who just kind of did whatever she wanted, but she also had no parental guidance or anybody who was really telling her no. And so I really like when she moves in to um, Lucas's room and her relationship with Karen. I feel like that was like really genuine and um, Brooke, it helped Brooke so much in the choices she made and what she did from then on. You know, she um, really listened to what Karen said and I think that that was exactly what she needed and it allowed her to join, I don't know, like directly, but like, you know, she joined and she became um, the Mm -hmm. president, class president or was it school president? Yeah. I really Student loved body president. influence on the show. And I really the- liked the political aspects just because I feel like... <laughs> you paused, sorry. No, 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 no. You were talking. Oh, sorry, I just, go ahead. You paused, so I was talking over to fill time. Go. Oh. Um, just how she... That was kind of reflective of um, her in real life, the political aspect, and I really liked that. She was really involved in the school and always trying to make in a better environment and a better place and she saw the issues and she tried to correct things that are out. I don't know I think you can really tell I in really like that season, about her in the 100th episode Lucas's wedding to Lindsay that obviously goes awry when Karen talks to both of the girls you can just or well specifically when Karen talks to Peyton and Brooke it's just so very clearly like how much they like soak up any time they would get to speak with Karen whether it was Peyton at Trick or Brooke when she was dating Lucas or even after when she lived with Karen like they both just were so yearning for like an adult to be like it's gonna be okay and like I'm in your corner like I loved seeing Karen be that role and like even like when she was going to Lucas's wedding like you could tell how much Karen felt for Peyton in that moment and same with Brooke even though it wasn't directly about Lucas like how much Karen was just like you're like not like because Karen's like are you happy to Brooke and then she's like not just like with your work like are you happy and like that's like what Brooke needed because Victoria bitch Toria they call her and I enjoy like just wasn't it Angela ditto to all of that so first four seasons one to four of One Tree Hill are on the WB which is more I guess PC, and then they merge with UPN, which, Angela, correct me if I'm wrong, that's like the Christian network. Oh, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, so they merge, which becomes the CW, which is thankfully where we get one of our other favorite shows of all time, Gossip Girl, out of that time. But One Tree Hill makes an interesting choice to do a four-year time jump from four years, six months, two days, if I'm going to be exact and neurotic, I think. It's four four years, six months, something. And... We see them all post-college time. I'm using quotes because, like, I don't – college or whatever their endeavors were. And, like, I like I, – I really like the time jump. I feel like they are one of the shows that did it pretty well. I think my one big qualm with the entire series of Wonder Hill is, like, Clay and Quinn, I think, would be the oldest characters on the show, if you're going from, like – By the time One Tree Hill is over, in 2012, no one is, like, maybe 32, and, like, our core cast 
not barely like 26, 27. So like when Brooke is trying to adopt, like Angela, you graduated college at 22. How are your feels on adopting a child? Oh, awful. I like, I, I, there's no way that I would be at all qualified to adopt. And like, cause like Brooke's like, I've been an adult. Like I've lived this. I was like, you were 22, like chill. And I think like Nathan and Haley, like, they're because they did some some very mature things very young like he got pregnant in high school gave birth at graduation like it made you try it tried to fake you into believing like everyone was like older and farther along in life and I guess for like the demographic they were playing to like us who were like five to ten years younger than the characters like to believe at that stage like that was normal but now mm-hmm. that we're like past that or like right around where they are when they ended the series it's like this is insane like the fact that Lucas probably proposed to Peyton maybe at 20, like maybe, and he felt like the utmost hurt mm-hmm. when she said, can we give it another year? She didn't say no. She's like, like I just mm-hmm. need like a, a little more time. Yeah. And his whole thing, like, oh my God, I have so many peeves with Lucas in season five. I, I do love season five, but like because we get Jamie, but, like, so many Like, when Lucas like, you you said no because you didn't think my book was good enough? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Like, that's the reason. Like, the right. only reason you thought Peyton would dump you, or not even dump you, say, like, let's hold off is because she didn't think, she's the one who submitted your damn book to New York. She's the, like, well, she had the utmost faith in this book. Mm-hmm. And if I do remember correctly, their whole argument was not just about like whether or not Lucas would have a successful career, but whether or not Peyton would have a successful career. She's because a woman. Because he wanted her to leave LA. It- <laughs> She's a woman. They don't have careers, Angela. We're in North Carolina. <laughs> and also, no, well, Lucas said he would move to LA. But then he would give up his career. He had a job at the college that he went to. But his whole thing was about him being a successful author, which he can do from anywhere, which he's like, which was a stupid logic of why they would break up. He's like, because you don't think I'll make it as an author. It's like, okay, but bigger picture too. He was coaching the basketball team that Nathan was playing on. He had to stay there. Like, well, Nathan just won and would have had to move on to Maryland. But I mean, still, like eventually, like Nathan did transfer colleges, but still part of that is like having that support to make sure that he could get there. Like he was just as integral to like Nathan Haley and then Jamie's lives at that point because he was like the new Uncle Keith. Uh, Uncle Keith. I know, right? You made me watch him get shot again. I'm really sorry. Oh, that was also the first school shooting in. Before Degrassi? So I think in US television. But honestly, this and Degrassi were, I think this is one of the better school shootings I've seen. Mm-hmm. On TV. In case yeah, we need clarity. We, I know in today, I know in today's history it could be a little confusing, but like I meant on television. I don't know if I immediately loved how they handled the aftermath, though. Oh, no. Brooke and that party was fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I asked my cousin about that because I was like, is there something that I missed, like, if, like, at the time, like, because I think at that point like relative to like history like in the united states like there had been school shootings mass shooting events did this like reason with like the general sentiment of like pulling together like community like helping each other grieve or what and she was just like no this is weird really weird (laughs) yeah did not like that at all but like honestly i had so much vindication for when peyton was throwing the books at lucas i'm like yes like he deserves every one of those books being, like, thrown mm-hmm. at his head. 
Mm-hmm. Olivia, what do you think of the Peyton Lucas fight in season five? Or not the fight when she's throwing books. Oh, oh, well. or not. That's fine. We don't need we don't need Olivia's opinion on this. Oh my god. But yeah, I really like the time jump. I think it was done well. Are you back this time? I am back. We'll see how long I'm back this time. Um, but I don't think I watched that fight. You didn't watch the no wait you no you passed no you it was in the episode in season five where she's chucking the books at his head. Does my mouth look crooked? No. No. Okay. Cool. Just making sure I'm not having a stroke during recording. Yeah, it looks no, good. Um, but if you do, what episode was that? Season five, episode six. It's the very end. It's where she's chucking the books in his head. It's like when it was like. No, I don't think I watched like, it. Angela, you're normally better for these like long speeches than I am. But it's where she's like, like she's like, you told me I was special. You told me something, something, something else. And she's like, you said it to me. You said it's the world and you didn't mean any of it. Yeah. Is this – this is post the Lindsay breakup, right? No. No, this is season five, episode six. Oh. This is before the Lindsay breakup. Oh, no. I watched that episode, oh, but I guess I wait. didn't finish it because I have no time. This is like the last scene of this episode. Wait, that's like the last – that's like the one right after he and Lindsay get engaged. Yes. There we go. Okay. I think so. Yeah. No, because, I mean, honestly, that was, like, kind of a dick move. Like, she and Lucas had been having, like, that big conversation. Oh, that's when he goes over like, Lindsay was about and to says leave. you said and you honestly, didn't like, like Lindsay. And the they did. Yeah. And Lucas pulled the thing where he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose her. What drastic measure can I do to, like, get her to stay? And he, like, reached around, pulled out Peyton's ring and was like, marry me. Keith's ring. How dare he do that to Keith? I know, right? I know. Yeah, that was such a... That was such a dick move. Like, I can't. Oh, my God. And then, and he then his whole little, it. like, solitude thing on the boat with Andy and his mom for, like, a month afterward. He left his job. Like, he left skills to run that poor team alone. Honestly, best thing about season five, skills. Skills and Bevan are, like, they they should, I firmly believe, like, they should have been, like, regulars for more time than they were skills and bevan were like the best like that scene at the end of season the end of season four where skills and bevan like go to the like have the families meet and the barbecue like that scene with bevan the two my two standout bevan scenes and rest in peace to her real husband who died struck by lightning on a boat the first one is when her and rachel are in the bathroom during that photo episode angela i don't know if you remember this olivia mm-hmm. was on your rewatch list and bevan watch. basically tells rachel like i played dumb and stupid because you all needed me to be dumb and stupid but we're going off to college and i don't have to do that anymore and basically all you bitches peaked because i let you was no. like and such that's a great scene. and that's no why way. i say justice for bevan because four years six months and however many days later we find out that she's married to tim and they have a baby, and she's working at Macy's. And if that is what Bevan wants, I totally appreciate that. But I thought that we were going to see Bevan post-time jump, like, graduated from Harvard, like, discovered, like, some kind of, like, Mm -hmm. rare, like, supernova astrophysicist, like, coming back to, like, Tree Hill to live on the beach because she's made a ton of money and she has, like, a trophy husband. And granted, Tim can totally be her trophy husband. And, like... Yeah, she said that she hated her husband. They get divorced. But I love the way you find out that her and Tim are married as they both show photos of their son, Nathan. And you're like, oh, you two hooked up. Cool. Of course Tim would name his son Nathan. No. 
Oh, yeah. I Also, justice for Tim. Because one, the actor seems very cool and, like, very intelligent. And two, like, all the homophobia in, like, Tim's character, or of all of the guys particularly, like, all the homophobia. Like, I love the comment in, like, I think it's, like, season eight when, like, when Nathan's trying to make fun of Julian. And he's like, you shower with 20 guys and I, like, don't talk to me about, like, this, like, sexual tension. But the other scene I love with Bevan is when she's on the river court with Skills being like, our parents want to meet, like, quiche, blah, blah. And then Skills like, do your parents know I'm black? And she's like, no, but, like, I love you. And if they don't accept it, they're not the parents I raised them to be. And I'm like, this is so love. Yep. Justice for Bevan and Skills. Um, Season six had me so stressed out about whether or not they were going to kill Peyton that I was like a wreck for the two days it took me to finish the entire season. I was like mad texting Olivia. And then I thought Angela ruined it for me because Angela, I had Googled something like, who with the fire at Dan Scott Motors? And the result history I got was when Nathan and Haley have their baby, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the other history result I got was when Jimmy, when Keith dies, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, that is not what I looked up. This is not what I wanted to do. And so Angela was telling me about a similar experience she had about, like, someone dying. And I was like, no. I'm like, Angela, you better not just ruin this. Because she made it sound like he was the person was the main character. I told Angela not to give me a name. But then I was about halfway through season six. I was just panicking for six episodes. I'm like, they better not kill Peyton. If I swear if they kill Peyton, like, I'm going to stop watching the show. I was going to – I was so annoyed. I was so anxious for, like, two days. I drank a weed soda and I sent a picture to Olivia. I'm like, this is all your fault. Like, my heart rate probably took, like, three years off my life. I was Googling placenta previa. And that's what Karen had, though. They both had it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was Googling the I was Googling mortality rates to see how likely they are to like kill a character. Cause I knew that her and Lucas were both gonna leave. I'm like, is the reason Lucas leaves because they get to leave happy together to LA to do his movie or something? Or is the reason they leave because Lucas leaves the baby because they kill Pete? I was so unhappy. I was so, so, so unhappy. And then they didn't kill her, they got to leave happy and I could calm down again, but then they left the show and I was like Season seven just sucked so much. <laughs> season seven was so stupid. Like, I'm fine just completely skipping season seven if you, unless you have anything like pertinent, skipping to like eight. Because eight, the only, seven, the only redeeming thing is when Haley's mom dies and Haley goes batshit crazy. I'm like, this is, I like, finally, finally, Haley is choosing things and making moves. See, okay, well, like, first of all, for the record, I want to be very clear. I knew that Jay was watching season six, and, like, I had seen season six live, and I told her very clearly, I know what she's talking about, and we are not talking about the same thing. So, just so that's out there, (laughs) I did not spoil anything, and this was very, like, (laughs) one-sided. But... No, I agree. I watched season seven. It was like, eh, you get the introduction of Quinn and Clay. Like, Alex. Alex. You see, like, I don't know. You like, you see more of where it's going, but it wasn't anything particularly special. Didn't they bring Chase back, like, more in season seven? Yeah. yeah. Um, I like which Chase. I do like Chase. I think they could have done better for him, though. I like him in season eight. Like, are you at the part where he's, like, big brother with Chuck? No, I know that that happens because I like watched like I watched four random episodes from season eight to like try to prep like I watched Brooke and Julian's wedding spoiler and did you watch the one where Brooke is on the bridge no like the big hurry that's like the most important I but how would I know that because I put it on my list 
Where did you send it to me? <laughs> the group chat. Oh, well, I mean, I just like, I don't I was just trying to prep and be prepared because you guys know a lot more about this than I do. Oh, no, 8 and 9 Olivia is like useless. I had to prep her. Basically what happens, 8, eight and 9. But I think she did finish till the end. But yeah, 8, Brooke and Julian's wedding. Oh, my God. When Olivia gets back, like, I have the biggest fucking bone to pick with Brooke and Julian's wedding. Really? That's the biggest fucking bone to pick. And I need Olivia back for it because I sent her a screen recording on the podcast and they also talk about this. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for someone bringing up this bullshit. But I need – okay. Well, until – remind me when Olivia comes Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Like back, I will cover it. But – Okay. Um, I like Sylvia. I thought the wedding – the wedding was nice, I think. Oh, I also liked Mia. Mia came in season five. Mm-hmm. I liked how they kept the live music, and I liked that they – it felt very MTV to me. Like, you didn't watch, like, Laguna Beach in the Hills, but, like, that was one of the things MTV was, like, known for with those shows, like, putting in, like, really cool, like, trending music, and I liked that, like – Obviously, One Tree Hills, like, lean more emo and, like, different, but I mm-hmm. liked the music choices. Brooke and Julian have their twins – and obviously it's a theme in Tree Hill because of the patriarchy that all of one, at least one of every kid needs to be named the last name of its mother, which is how we get James Lucas Scott, Sawyer Brooks Scott. Scott. Um, I don't know Lydia's middle name. And then we get Davis and Jude Baker, which I also oh, think yeah. is particularly ironic for Brooks kids, being that Julian changed his last name to his mother's last name, mm-hmm. that we still needed to give the babies Julian's last name. But, like, sure. Brooke and Payne. Like, I liked how they could be, like, P. Sawyer and B. Davis. Like, I liked the ring to it. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. I don't think it was any intentional on the writers, but when they realized they could, I liked the names a lot. It was cool. Like, I liked the nicknames. So, do, wait, did you watch any of season nine? No. Oh my god, so we could just completely lie to you and tell you what happens. Yeah. And be like. All I know is that Dan comes back to try to save Nathan, what, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan when he's kidnapped. Nathan gets kidnapped by the Russian like mob because like yeah. basically they're recruit they're recruiting in Europe. They're only supposed to stay in like insert country here, but Nathan, because he didn't like any of the players, explores and tries to like sign someone, which like the Russian people in America are like, no, you can't do that, and kidnap him, and it's like the dumbest thing ever. The best part of it was Joy did an interview, like, two years ago when they started the podcast. Like, what was the hardest scene for you? Should, the one where Nathan's kidnapped because, like, it's just so stupid and jumping the shark that, like, Joy had a hard time, like, focusing with it. Mm-hmm. And then what else happens? Julian leaves the baby in a hot car, which is sad for a hot minute. Oh, God. Yeah, Both Baby's of them or one? Just one. They oh. split. They split Lord. the kids. Um, Chase... And Chuck become very close. And during that process, we find out that Chuck's dad hits him. Chase saves him and then gets discharged from the armed services. Luckily, it's not a dishonorable discharge. And then in the process of Dan saving Nathan, Dan gets shot and dies. Because he's good now. Evil was his his immortality. I'm kidding. There you go. And then episode 12, Clay and Quinn get engaged. And so the big thing, which you're missing in season nine is clay is starting to have a weird dream he's like he's like um sleepwalking and he's sleepwalking to the beach and to parks and the reason that's the reason nathan goes to europe in the first place because like clay's having these dreams so goes back to his psychiatrist and while he's at the facility he makes a few friends and one of them is like 
a little kid who really likes Wolverine comics like he does and like builds airplanes. Too many white men names. But Clay realizes, Clay's like, hi, Charles, you keep going to a fugue state. Like he bought drugs during it. Like he's doing a lot of funky things. And so he goes back to the psychiatrist and he keeps working on it. And the psychiatrist keeps asking questions like, tell me about the day Sarah died. Like, tell me about it. And they walk through, like, he walks them through, like, the exact scene where they're talking about the pen. She passes out. And so during this scene, as Clay is walking through the apartment, once the paramedics take Sarah away, he sees another room. This mm-hmm. room is a nursery for his son, Logan. So what you okay. realize is the little boy who Clay has been making friends with is his son who he forgot about for six years what he wanted to so when sarah died first every day since then he like the psychiatrist and sarah's parents could not get him to remember about his son as a trauma response so her parents took him in until clay remembered and then clay and quinn adopt him and get married what the but now that olivia is finally back we can talk about my favorite scene olivia you should know this Brooke and Julian's wedding. Do you remember what my big issue with Brooke and Julian's wedding is? The line I've been yelling at you for months about? Yes, how Peyton and Lucas missed it because their baby was sick. What kind of bullshit excuse is that? We could not have written anything better. Peyton couldn't have sent Kings of Leon. Lucas couldn't have, like, written something to give to Jamie. Or, well, Jamie's speech is real cute for Julian. Mm -hmm. But, like, literally... We, like, hated and disrespected, like, Lucas and Peyton so much. And how vital these characters were. Like, Sawyer is named after Brooke for f***ing sakes. And all we could think of was the baby died. We couldn't pull a Samantha Jones with the white flowers on Vic's casket. We couldn't do anything more. Especially now that Brooke went poor and Julian, like, I'm sure Lucas sold two books and... Somehow Peyton started a label with nothing, paid Brooke back twice her investment, and, like, had nothing. We couldn't have done anything. The baby was sick. And, again, both parents – does this baby have cholera, monkeypox? Like, what disease could – like, what baby could – what in what situation could both parents not make it? Either I parent. absolutely agree. The One of them, both of them needed to be there, and I understand there was issues yeah. with, like – the director or the producer, whoever there was issues the creator, with, yeah. but they absolutely should have done something more. They could have sent a letter. Like he's a fucking writer and they could, he couldn't write a letter to be read at the wedding or, or something, anything. Or like when Brooke drowns, like Peyton didn't check in on her. And like for all of season eight starts off with Haley writing Lucas's to let Haley writing letters to Lucas. And like when Lucas comes back in season nine, like just doesn't address that. Like Haley's been updating him on what's happening. Like, no, like we just like don't. I just felt like I understand they left and they had every right to leave, especially with especially Hillary had every right to leave with the terrible treatment she was facing on that show. But it's like, it just felt like so like heartbreaking as like a fan of not only the couple but like a fan of this dynamic and of the show for as much as like you don't like Lucas and Peyton like they were integral to these moments especially in Brooke's life and the fact that they and like Lydia being bored and the fact that they kind of just like write them out like and like when they bring them up it's at like the dumbest time like Sylvia's like oh like my friend was like adopted like oh my best friend it's like like the times where they would mention Lucas Payne after they left like they didn't need to be brought up and at moments like Lydia's birth or other things where it would have been make more sense for them to be mentioned ghosts crickets 
nothing. I know. And then the in the end, when Lucas is brought up, when Dan is dying, but, like, he can't even be there or do anything while Dan is dying, which I guess is one thing, but it's also so stupid. They should have absolutely tried to have them communicate still. Like, even in Grey's Anatomy, Christina texts Meredith. Yeah, Why like, couldn't there be letters or something? Or, like, A even form of communication? Or, like a montage of like past scenes because we know that they have the rights to that like there's nothing that they could have done a phone call we don't have to hear whoever's on the other line like something i i was i was just furious those last three seasons because i get they wanted off they wanted to write them off i get get it but it's also like one tree hill is all about like the emotions the small town this community and for two vital members to leave the community and either to have everyone like it's like no one like, everyone was, like, sad they left, but, like, for them to still, like, allegedly be as close as they were and, like, to not be, like, I'm pissed Lucas left or I'm pissed Peyton. Like, they weren't angry at them. They weren't, they were just, like, they didn't have feelings. They weren't angry. They weren't sad. They were just kind of, like, neutral with the fact that, like, two of the leads were written off. Yeah, they deserved better. And so did we, the people who were watching. Exactly. Justice was not served. I agree. And... I think now is a perfect time to move on after and beyond the show of why fans and granted the ending was eh. like I get it like Jamie ends up playing and beating Nathan's scoring record and they're all still in Tree Hill living loving life all that great stuff but like what pisses me off so much is like the creator of the show went on to do I didn't know this Angela he did the Royals that E show about like where the woman who played like um Blair's boyfriend who's sleeping with his stepmother like that Mm -hmm. woman's on the show Elizabeth not Elizabeth Hurley something like that but like he wrote that show too and so this the creator of this of Wonder Hill and the show is a complete monster just a few of the things that, that the podcast revealed he tried to sell the used undergarments of the women after the show was over he kept polaroids of all of their samples and I believe also sold those the big one for me that Sophia Bush says, um, hair was a big conflict on the show for him for some reason. They were very particular about the way these girls wore their hair. And, like, there was one where Sophia Bush got bangs for another role she was in and came back from hiatus. And the creator yelled at her and Essence was like, I can't believe you fucking went to go get bangs. All the bitches in my high school who, like, wouldn't talk to me had bangs. It's literally horrible. And hearing what they had to say about it and the things that they had to fight for they shouldn't have had to fight for and I mean it's a good thing that they're strong women who were able to fight for those things but just to do their characters justice but it's just sad that they even had to yeah like I heard Hillary wasn't even asked back for season nine and granted I don't think she should have done it like even if like I don't think she would have done it even if she was asked but like the fact that like they wouldn't even ask is it kind of heartbreaking to the fans? Like, I remember them all saying, like, if what you saw is having to do and you questioned and you thought it was bad, they were like, we know, and probably the first iteration of whatever it was was much worse than this. But, like, they had to do it. And so it was just, like, really... It's, like, hard watching the show, and it's, like, knowing, like, they've said, like, they'll never do a reunion because there's no way to do it with these characters and, like, with this IP. 
without him profiting from it. I don't know, like, Hillary and, like, some of them all go do Hallmark movies or Lifetime. I don't know. They're Christmas movies. I don't know the difference. But, like, they go off and try to do... They go off and, like, do reunions with these movies because, like, they'll never do, like, a One Tree Hill thing, which is just so disappointing because, like, they can't do it, which is why I think, like, which is why the podcast is so great, like, listening to them talk about their characters. Like, another big thing was, like, the cheerleaders couldn't wear their hair up because, like, Boys needed to see their hair flip and fall. Like also, the cheering was so bad. The, Olivia, you like the cheers were so bad. They either should have stuck to like the high school like actual just like cheer moves or dance routines because the hybrids were just like an awkwardly slow pace. Like they either needed to do it faster or like the standing cheers. Yes, I agree. The cheers definitely. Well, I think they also were like taught dances and cheers like the day of. Yeah. And then expected to learn them. So it was kind of like they didn't get, give them the opportunity to even do it justice. And the fact that he wouldn't let them put their hair up. And Hillary Burton was a cheerleader. And she said, like, we would never practice with our hair down. And they yeah. still would not listen. So was um, Bevan. Yeah, so was Bevan. And I think so was um, Rachel. I don't know her real name. No, she was a pageant girl. A pageant girl. Oh, okay. Like, Rachel's entrance song I don't remember but it's like I don't know what high school cheer team would have like allowed this for an audition oh her audition song was horrible and it's sad that they made her do that and I I know during the podcast she said she had no idea that that was even gonna happen and yeah oh my god yeah oh well since I'm a very late bloomer and I know you both like dated a little bit in high school would either of you have walked out in front of your partner's father in a towel no no <laughs> that in sounds terrifying pilot. in the pilot peyton does that in front of dan and she's like hey mr scott and i'm like oh yes and nathan walks out and he's got his nipple pierced <laughs> for like and they like glued a nipple ring onto yeah. him yeah. my god to me the show like just felt like very like for sexually repressed kids because for its time, it felt like a show that, like, talked about sex, like, a lot more than other shows, but, like, wouldn't show anything. And I'm not saying, like, they had to, but, like, for the amount it's implied every character is having sex, but for, like, few makeout scenes, like, few, like, nudist scenes. And again, I'm not starting to say that they had to do it, but it's, like, for how much they talked about everyone having sex and for not seeing it, it was, like, oh, so everyone's just lying that they're sleeping together all the time. This is, like, all the kids in high school who are, like... Like, you always hear the kids who are talking about it aren't actually the ones doing it because, like, the ones doing it don't have time to talk about it. Yes, exactly like that. But I know um, some scenes, like the one with Peyton and Lucas, I think maybe in the hotel room when she's, like, going to check – when she's, like, checking on her dad. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think she was supposed to take off her shirt and not have anything, and she was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I know – she ended up having like a shirt on still um but even with Haley and the first time her and Nathan have sex and like what she was wearing I know they talked about that on the podcast she wanted to pick something that wasn't too 
sexy, I guess. My thing that was so ironic, though, I'm like, girl, you're <laughs> popping through that top. Like, I don't think she intended that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like in this little like silky, which she said a kind of sports bra. I'm like, that is not a sports bra, girl. You're not <laughs> like fully perked you know, up. I that. really liked it, but it they make cute. fun of her for it. Oh yeah. And then they go and take her when she's having her bachelorette party, even though she's already married. They go and take her to the lingerie store because, and then oh, they're making yeah. fun of what she was wearing. I love like as I will call, like, the multiverse of, like, One Tree Hill, all the people I didn't realize associated with people associated on the show. Tyler Hilton, who plays Chris Keller, is married to Megan Park, who directed The Fallout, which is super awesome. But as I and I think many other people of my generation, our generation, know her as Grace Bowen, the woman or the girl who killed her father for having sex for the first time in a plane crash. Oh, my God. Secret Life was a wild show. I will never rewatch that. Okay. Oh, no, it was Dawson's. Because there was some show-ish that I was like, Angela, you don't want to watch the show. You're like me. And if you start, you're going to finish it. And you're not going to want to finish it. Okay, it was Dawson's. I hated that show so much. I only watched like three or four episodes. And I just never. It's good you don't. Yeah, it's yeah, good you don't have Angela Mind's. Yeah, it's good you don't have Angela Mind's issues where once we start a show, we have to finish it. Do they reference it in? Um, oh my god! Yeah, they reference it because in Montreal really- when when Julian's having the meeting and she's like, "Oh, how is this any different than the Creek?" Yeah, well, they were talking about Dawson's Creek, right? They do, and they yeah. reference it in the first episode. Oh yeah, this was the other thing when the girls are talking about like in the first episode when Haley's like, "What's your porn name?" and then the girls in their podcast like, "Teenagers shouldn't do that." I'm like, "Oh my god, my friends and I did that all the time. We called it your stripper name, but like that's like a very common thing for young people to do, is it not?" Oh yes, yeah. and I was watching another show on Netflix, yeah. and they referenced it as well. Yeah, so. I'm like that's a very I think it's common, common thing. thing. Yeah, I think it's a very common thing. I, I mean, I th- just... we, no, I was like, we call it. We would say like, "What's your stripper name?" but like. Yeah, Same stripper thing. name. The name of your first pet, right? It's like your first pet in the street you grew up on. Mine wouldn't be good. <laughs> mine, like, yeah, neither would mine. Or it's like, or sometimes it's your mother's maiden name worked in there. Like, there's a few different. But well, hey, the name of my first pet was Cody. So right there, we're not <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> my God. Yeah, no. I don't know my first pet, but like I had like fish that were like salt and pepper. Oh but, like, my God. I, picking one like one. You could do there. something with that. <laughs> Sorry, also, season eight and nine, trash how they decided. I don't know why they couldn't get the rights from Gavin DeGraw or whatnot to use the original song, but all of the terrible variations in season eight and nine. And since I'm on the topic of Gavin DeGraw. Oh, wait. Okay, so, like, in real time, I remember, like, when they were talking about that. Again, like, I don't know if it's, like, a rights thing or what, but, like, it was advertised as... Like, it was a celebration of One Tree Hill and, like, the fact that, like, they were a very musical show and they wanted to, like, expand it and, like, bring in artists to, like, show their renditions. They were not good. None of them. So I actually – I haven't heard any of the ones from season eight. So it's, like, all the episodes from season eight that I watched, I watched on a plane from my most recent trip and I forgot headphones. So I did them subtitles only. Got it. Gavin DeGraw slash his song. Well, we'll hear. The One Tree Hill theme song, which is an iconic song for that time period, was used. One, two, three. Was used six times unironically throughout the show. When they had Gavin DeGraw sing. No, they had, they played it during the father-son game in episode one. Then Gavin DeGraw played it at the cafe. Then, um, they, then Jamie sang it with Gavin DeGraw in season five. And then he sang it again at the end, like unironically, like Gavin. And then Gavin also came to like the USO show and just like randomly would pop up singing his other songs. Oh, yeah. Another thing I have on here. 
was Jamie conceived when Haley and Nathan were supposed to be at Keith's wake? Okay, I don't know. Honestly, it's really hard to like tell time properly, like particularly in those first four seasons, because it's two seasons to one year, but they also really don't do major holidays. Like I think the Halloween episode in season three was the first holiday that we got that like signified some sort of time period. But also because they're playing basketball, high school basketball has a very specific season. And so like the way that they pitched it, it was like basketball was like ultra compressed almost. And then they, I don't know, like, it's just like it made their, their school year didn't make sense because high school basketball is like like three and a half months if you don't make it to state four and a half to five if you do in their junior year like lucas missed that shot so they didn't make it to state but then their senior year basketball season was a lot shorter than junior year and we also came in mid-season or like or like at either like mid-season or like partway into the season of junior year because half the basketball team got kicked out which is how we got lucas there in the first place so like First season was too long. The second season was too short. It didn't make sense. Well, it was like a season and a half because they started basketball. So basketball ended season one and it came back season three, episode six, when Lucas and Nathan have their big fight at that, at that midnight pep rally, which I've never, who, so it's like, and it goes till season four, episode 10, because that's state championships, which is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Oh, also tell me your Dan Scott's son without telling me your Dan Scott's son. I have to get to know my father and find his weakness so that I can avenge all of those that I love. Sorry, <laughs> Lucas's time capsule thing. Oh, like yeah. that really got me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, that's more Dan Scott than that's anything cool. Nathan has ever done. Okay. But Jay, you were going to say something. Oh, Angela, how would you feel if I learned more about like how to actually play basketball from One Tree Hill than I have from like ever watching like a real game? Like it finally solidified to me while watching this that there are five players on the court at one time and those five have to be able to play defense defense and offense. I mean, I think that's fair. Like, I don't... Oh, do NBA teams also switch jerseys when they play home versus away games? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know why their jerseys kept changing. And then at like one time, I'm like, oh. Yeah, most yeah, teams so actually have like. Usually white. Oh. Like the white jerseys when you're home. Oh, like universally? Yeah. Why don't the cheerleaders don't get to uniforms? So. It's not like that? No, it's like <laughs> um, when you're home, you usually wear like your home team's colors. When you're away, like that's when you might switch to a different color because your home team's because like your colors might clash with the team you're playing. So like when we play, like when the Warriors play at home in San Francisco, they'll wear yellow. But if they go to play like the Lakers, the Lakers also wear yellow. So they have to swap into like white or black or blue because the Lakers are most likely going to be wearing yellow or gold. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, Olivia, if you say it with enough conviction, I'm sure people like me would believe you. So keep on <laughs> well, going. Well, honestly, with that. I was trying to remember, and I shouldn't have said it so confidently, but um, I don't really remember. I just know that our basketball season, when I was a cheerleader, started in December, mm-hmm. and we had like holiday tournaments, and then I don't know. We made it to state every year that I was a cheerleader. We never won, but we would win like every other game. Yeah. And we never won state. Like, my my high school team, we made it three years to state when I was there. We won twice. 
but so like that was pretty cool but it was like it was a really big thing like so like watching like one tree hill and like their high school basketball was like oh my god this is reminding me of high school basketball and like when i started to really like it basketball was my favorite i think that's probably another reason i like this show so much i didn't like my sports team my school wasn't known for sports so i think they did fine i think they did like pretty well but like i don't think they ever did like spectacular like i know we didn't lose every game but i can't tell you like we i don't think we ever won anything big either what like overall like i'm now very attached to the show that i've only discovered like a month and a half ago because i feel like the just like the human experience is very traumatizing and like a lot of things happen without like robots and superheroes and shields and like a lot of shows like lean the other way or maybe it's just like the content I'm choosing to consume but like fucking Riverdale like what the fuck I know you two still watch like like that was like a teen drama originally and now is all like stranger things and like the upside down essentially or oh like film. like I feel like just shows aren't like there's like a part of like when as much as terrible obviously as this human was like someone who can like really like tap into like just like making like figuring out the moments that like attach to people's emotional like senses I feel like is like harder to find now like first when you said that that reminded me of like when Brooke is reading Julian's like movie review and the reviewer's like yeah everything in Hollywood now is like so big and loud and in your face he's like it's very rare that you see like a whisper and I feel like One Tree Hill was kind of like the whisper of its day like or like just in that time period like it was a lot more of a whisper it's like things would build and you would have like true like you would have real stories but like now it's like everything is kind of like built for like shock factors and, like, Olivia, I don't know if you, like, feel the same way about Riverdale, but, like, first two seasons, like, really great. Like, really cool, like, building into those stories. And now, like, there's, like, serial killers around every corner and, like, cult leaders. Chad Michael Murray. He's a cult leader? In the show. He is a cult yeah. leader in the show. Is he I have to say, um, I started watching it and I did like it in the beginning and it got so crazy and so unbelievable (laughs) that I just stopped watching it and I also would watch it and just like criticize everything the acting all of it Mm -hmm. and I'm like where did they come up with these names like Jughead Jelly Bean and then the names of the cities where it's taking place it just really blew my mind like aren't the names from the comics yeah so originally like Riverdale in its inception and they're still kind of trying to do this it's like it's based on the Archie comics they're trying to like build out like Archie's world and then they were also trying to tie in other comics with it as well so like on Netflix Chilling Adventures of Sabrina like how in Riverdale they talk about Greendale the neighboring town Sabrina and Riverdale were supposed to have tie-ins so originally like that's where you started getting the creepy stuff in Riverdale because it was like the magic and the witches in Greendale were like bleeding out into the next town but they never got there until this final season and so you know spoiler Cheryl Blossom is a witch and so yeah so she like for this next upcoming season of Riverdale she's cursed the town and so you're gonna get some of the Greendale witches coming in to try to help them 
undo it if that's the way that they decide to take it because they did end up ending Sabrina. But like they finally got there. And so it's like the same thing with like CW, Katie Keene, also like a spinoff of another comic character. And so it's supposed to like bring you back to like that time with just like some updates. But then they decided like we're going to make it like all like flash and no substance. Angela, why do you love One Tree Hill? So guys, uh, like another popular show of the CW of the WB time that did not really make it through its transfer into the CW, Veronica Mars, I am a marshmallow. And I like all of the little relationships. Naylee, obviously, as we've talked about. I love the relationship between the three girls. Like, I don't know. To me, it was like I've seen a lot of articles like criticizing their friendship and how like they're all fake what? friends. Yeah. What? So like I I read all of that like in prep before I started watching One Tree Hill. It's like criticizing it like, oh, yeah, like Brooke and Haley have like the fakest relationship ever. Was this written by men? And was this of now or of the time period? Of now. Yeah. Men? So it's like other people like rewatching it. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and pull those up. So, like, people, like, criticizing, like, Rachel um, for, like, all of her behavior, which, like, yeah, she was not, like, the paragon of virtue, and, like, she could have been better, but at the same time, it's, like, she was trying to do the best that she could, and it was, like, she's, like, a very, like, desperately, like, hurt character. So, I don't know, just, like, seeing them and, like, the way that, like, they try to, like, build relationships, I really like that. And... Nathan and Lucas together. I'm all about the brothers. Like, if you ask anyone who I've been talking, like, I've been talking about Kenobi nonstop, and I've been telling everyone that Kenobi is actually like the truest story of brotherly love because you have Anakin and Obi Wan, and they're never gonna actually kill each other because they love each other so much because they're brothers. That's how I feel about Lucas and Nathan. Like, they did all kinds of fucked up stuff to each other, but they never actually took it too far because it's like secretly they cared a lot about each other, and then you actually get to see them outwardly care about each other. I love how when they started calling each other like big bro and little bro. Mm-hmm. And then the scene where they're having Jamie help fix up the car was really sweet. Oh my god, right? It's like when like Jamie comes out like looking like a little Keith in the all denim and the bandana. She's like really cute. Oh yeah. And just also, can we say like Skills and Jamie's relationship? Best oh my thing god. ever. So, Skills and Jamie were so cute. But I also think uh, Jamie and Quentin were really cute. Oh my god! And Quentin. I was watching the scene oh. where they're both wrapping oh their wrist, yeah. and then yeah. he makes him the cape. Like I just love that so much. I just like. Oh, and Jamie when he gives the jersey that he wanted to, to keep to Quentin's brother. This is why when you bitches said you didn't cry at the show, I'm like, how did you not cry when Jamie is handing that jersey to Andre? I was just, I was so emotional. I was okay. I'd never experienced true fear than when Sam was kidnapped by. That was terrifying. Oh right? my god! Jennifer. Oh, Awkward. young Evan Love Peters. Her. Oh, and that Jennifer. Jennifer from Awkward. Yeah. It was so funny. I saw a thing where they were like the girls on their podcast. Brought, I was like, who was like the most random guest star? They're like Evan Peters. We have no clue how we got him on our show, and like he doesn't even know. But like it happened. Jack Daniels love evan peters so much oh my god no but when sam was kidnapped that was terrifying and then i don't know if you okay well when you finish season eight he comes back and attacks brooks again and like 
that's terrifying. Are you kidding me? No, he gets released. Xavier? Yeah. I hate this guy. I just watched that episode. Oh my god. god. Does Jack Daniels also come back? No. Damn it. No, he gets he gets fostered like in yeah Charlotte or something. Yeah, but like no, it would have been nice to see like him and Sam come back and like I would have liked to have seen a continued relationship with yeah. her and Brooke. I know, like, I was kind of bummed. I wonder if that like lines up with the awkward timeline. I don't know when it started. It doesn't. There's like a four year gap. No, there's a while. Oh, that's sad. No, I really liked her and I'm sad that like for the first two attempts Brooke had at children, like they were completely like cold turkey, like cut off. Oh, I do have a bone to pick. Stop naming all like Latin. I cannot say it right. Stop naming all Latin characters Angela or Angie. Stop it. Like every single like movie, book, TV show I watch, there is some like character of like Hispanic Latin American origin and her name is Angela. We have other names. I know my name is Angela, but not only Angela, aren't other you, ones. Aren't you Angela Marie too? Like that does not help your case. Okay, that's all of their names too. Like I watched some like spy movie the other day, and like the guy like fell in love with one of his co-conspirators, and he proposed to her in the bar afterward. And he's like, Angela Marie Lopez, will you marry me? And I'm just like, could you have given her any more of a generic name? You put zero thought into this. That's literally your name. I I know. <laughs> oh, also, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Now we're just going like random things. Haley like never had to stand up for Lucas the way like Lucas would stand up for her with Nathan. Like Lucas went to bat for Naley multiple times, and like Haley just like would just like would berate him for kissing Peyton or with Brooke and like even at that season five finale when it's like who do you want to be with like what do you want Haley was just like pick them I don't care who pick Lindsay pick Peyton pick Brooke like I'm over this and like after all the times Lucas went to bat with you and with Nathan like seriously no I agree and I feel like every time Peyton would like turn to Haley for comfort she would be like you'll be fine figure it out like yeah. it'll all work out and she didn't really Haley she wasn't was not being nearly supportive yeah Haley was not yeah. nearly as good of a friend to Lucas as Lucas was to her Angela your disagreement statement now I don't <laughs> oh here's the thing I can't necessarily say that you're wrong because Jay you've now seen this multiple times Olivia you have watched these episodes multiple times like I've bare I like I haven't even finished my first like watch through, but I don't know if that's exactly correct. Like, like it just. But it, you're at the part where Nate. You're at the part where Lucas and Peyton left. So like, you like where do you see Haley standing up for Lucas, not for Peyton? Because like she gives Peyton's the letter at the end. Mm-hmm. Even in the vows, Lucas finally talked to Peyton, and Peyton was a bitch. Like I get the laugh, I get the joke, but like. Really, like, Haley, like, like, where, where do you see, like, Haley standing up for Lucas the way, like, Lucas went to bat for Naley? Or you just don't think Lucas went to bat for Naley, I guess would be the other take. I mean, he didn't really. Like, he gave her so much crap, like, when they were dating, like, all the way up until they got married. And then they got married, and then Lucas Wait, was like- which time? Season one marriage or season three marriage? Season one marriage. Okay. So it's like, yeah, like he like he spun out every time he found some he found out something about Nathan and Haley. 
So it's like he wasn't supportive until he was like, okay, like this isn't going anywhere. And he had actually started to build a relationship with Nathan. But oh, I no, feel I like agree. he wasn't supportive because he wasn't sure of Nathan at the time and he was trying to look out for Haley. So he was trying to be her friend. And I know he wasn't supporting the relationship that she was starting with Nathan, but I always felt it was because he didn't trust Nathan and he wanted Haley to be with somebody who deserved her. See, I can see that. And I think that's definitely part of it. But I also think that there was a part of Lucas that felt threatened because then like it came to like multiple points where he kind of put her in situations where it was like me or Nathan. But like not once they were married, like see. Yeah, exactly. Like once they were married, like things started to change and like. But but that's my point. Like season, like only season one was like Lucas like that. Season two, when they broke up, like Haley didn't know it, but like Lucas was going to Nathan all the time, like, take your wife back. You said you were going to marry, like, be back with her. Season three, when, like, the Chris stuff, like, when, like, Nathan, like, gets injured and is in the wheelchair and, like, treating Haley like crap, like, he's like, Nathan, you can't do this to your wife anymore. Like, Haley, like, like, I agree in season one, Lucas was not there. But, like, to me, throughout the entire, like, six seasons, like, there's never been a point to me where Haley, like, was like, Lucas, like, I'm here, like, I'm fighting for your happiness the way Lucas did for her because I don't think Lucas is that person like Haley's a very straightforward person Lucas very much fell into his like I am a soul of an artist I am tortured I need to live out all of my feelings and explore all of these options and see like where they go and then like I'm gonna try to do the best like for everyone but secretly like my heart is still following the comet that streaked across the sky and forever emblazoned its burning effigy on my eyeballs like i like i don't (laughs) like i just don't think that like that approach would have been helpful at all with lucas because like you see like these options all the time where like Lucas is with Brooke and he has to go be Peyton's savior. Yeah. So it's like, completely. but like, I don't think Haley has to show up the way Lucas shows up, but like Haley just has never showed up for Lucas. Like, like the biggest he showed up for Lucas was like, Hey Lucas, like you might not want to marry Lindsay. I read your book, but it's never been like Lucas, you love Peyton or you love Brooke. It was always a very judgmental, like, you love Brooke, stop kissing Peyton, which is a valid statement to make, but it was never, like, a, I'm fighting, it was never, like, Lucas was very much, like, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe it's a difference, like, you're right, because, like, Haley so never no, I, I do, I do understand where you're coming from, because I actually had this conversation with another friend who I recently found out liked One Tree Hill, and we were talking we about it. it hmm? Do we know them? It's our little sister, that we we watched like two episodes together last week and like we were we were specifically talking about Haley and we were talking about things that felt on brand for Haley and things that felt off brand for Haley and that was one of the points that came up and it was like the advice that Haley gives it's like it's very much on brand for Haley because Haley sees kind of like in black and white and that's something that like doesn't change like from the pilot all the way through to the end she says Cause like yeah. I, I haven't gone yeah. to the end. So like, I can't say that cause like we were watching season seven, but it was just like, what's on brand for Haley is like, just like 
saying things bluntly and kind of just leaving them at that. I'm going through my random notes. In season one, when you actually watch through the theme song, as I know most of us like skip through because thank you all the buttons, Peyton kisses Nathan and she's the only one to have to kiss someone in the opening credit scene for the whole first season, which was really annoying to me. Interesting. And the entire series, she's the only one to kiss someone during that. And it's also like, they're the couple that breaks up in episode two. Like you had no better footage of like Peyton other than her kissing Nathan in the scene. I did not notice that. I didn't mm-hmm. either. But I do skip it. I think I let yeah. it play one time and then like we're good for the rest of the series. Yeah. Oh, I jammed I, out for like the first three seasons. Like, I love the song. Every like, time it came on, I had like my fake mic and I was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no let's not and then the show also used some other songs from some very triggering other movies so one of the songs they use after lucas and Lindsay are no longer together peyton and lucas are finally taking their walk to set up brooke for angie and they're using a song from the sisterhood of the traveling pants too and it's right after amber tamblin miscarries with i think his name is brian like the asian man and he's trying to tell her like people don't always like leave you like i'm still gonna be here for you like even without the baby and then in episode Wait, season six, episode four, they, they use the miscarry in the sisterhood of the traveling pants too. Just was she not pregnant? No, yeah, she's not pregnant. Yeah, I think she just oh. she gets her period. Oh, okay. Okay, continue. Well, Sorry. the point is no way. Season six, episode four, they use the song from when Sammy dies in Dance Academy. Oh God. Um, in season seven, episode three, they <gasps> use the song. So good. Yes, Sorry. they do. Oh my God, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have pinned you for Dance Academy, but I'm very happy. In season seven, episode three, they use, they use a song from The Kissing Booth 3, the one where they opened the beach house. And then now, to wrap up this episode, why do you love One Tree Hill? And then I'll give you my quiz. Okay, wait. Did we do a quiz already? No. Are we doing the quiz? You're doing the quiz. We're going to end with the quiz. Okay, okay. Um, I think I love this show so much just because when I watched it the first time, I felt... I don't know. I probably just felt like I related to it a lot being in high school and a cheerleader. Um, but that's pretty much where I, the, the relating ends. <laughs> I just really like the character development and seeing how they all change so much throughout the series. And I feel like there was a lot to learn from each character. Um, like even with Haley learning like never give up on your dreams. Brooke really taught me like never settle. And um Peyton just like go for it even though <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> obstacles in the way. And I think like she put her career first. She did not want to get married when Lucas proposed. And I just feel like there was really good lessons that I learned watching the show. So yeah. So I, like it so I really don't understand this in shows. Sorry, the last tangent is like when couples like propose, they're like, I'm not ready yet. Like, is there like, I feel like maybe this is just like I grew up in a much more like, there's some parts of my childhood that are very like traditional like path, but then there are some parts that like my family's like very different. Like, engagement doesn't mean married within six months. So I don't understand why when people propose, like, I'm not ready to get married. But like, can't you just have like a longer engagement? Like, why do we have to, like, say, like, marriage? Like, you're not asking, like, do you want to get married tomorrow? Like, I don't know. Culturally, it might just be, like, I have a very, like, liberal, like, don't need common law marriage is fine kind of family. So I don't know. I agree. I think, don't people normally have a long engagement? It's not like you can plan a wedding overnight. Like, in the interpretation that I have heard of long engagement, it means a year 
or year and a half, not like what? Yeah. Like that Mm. is a long engagement. Like anything longer than that, they're just like, well, what are you doing? It takes me a year. Like I, my dress needs fittings. I need time. Like to me is a year minimum for an engagement. I agree. Like, no, I, like, I totally agree too. Like I, but like, Angela, if I were to say like, to get the New York public library with under a year, girl. Like, yeah, I know. I'm going to have to book that now. I'm going to have to start <laughs> lobbying them now to even get on the list. <laughs> no, but yeah, like that's like typically what I've heard. And it's like when someone talks about a long engagement, it's like they mean like two years max, not like anything oh. longer than that. Because at that point they're just like, well, what are you even doing? And so it's like Taking also like time. think back to think back to the time. Yeah. It's like they were 20, now they were- it's like we have like all of these kinds of freedoms, but 2008 it's like not Same. that far yeah. from now, 2000 like yeah. 7, 6, whatever. Yeah. Like it's not doesn't seem like that far in the past, but incredibly different. True. Also, I but feel I was- like my hair has just gotten better looking as recording has gone on. I'm okay. We have my trivia questions. Okay. And okay. I think they're pretty easy. And okay. I did them from memory. Do you want to go back I and did- forth okay. and see how we do? Okay. Yeah, Olivia, we can try that. Okay, Olivia. What's the name on the fake ID that Brooke gives to Haley? Either the name or what it stood for. It was like it sound it was like it sounded like something. If you something. Yeah. It's for Tudor Girl, but yeah. I don't remember. I think it was Trudy Grill or something. Trudy or- Grill, okay. Okay. Um, Angela, who came and made breakfast at the cabin and Rachel's cabin that no one expected would show up? Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy. Yes. He was the one who married Ashley Simpson, right? Yes. Um, okay, this is easy. What was the name of Lucas's book? Which I also didn't know that this was like a thing. I thought, I didn't know where the name came from until my second time through. I apparently, I skipped that scene. The name of Lucas's first book. I thought this would be an easy one. That's why I gave it to you. Ravens. Oh, but it's, it's what it's whatever like the flock of ravens are called. Correct. I thought this would be an easy one. I skipped the harder I, one. I thought this would be an easy I, one. I'm answering it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, I don't know something of ravens. A, yeah, it's a the confluence. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, a a coincidence uh, <laughs> it's a really does it start with a c no damn it so we know what letter it starts with it's a oh my u. god they like open the show with it too it's like it's yeah. a murder of crows and a yeah, something of I'm this saying. and a blank yeah. of ravens <laughs> isn't that what the show is supposed to be called the show is just supposed to Wow. The show is just, oh, just Raven. Okay. 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 You Ew. can be okay, wait. You can be nice. You can be Me? Kindness. A kindness of ravens. You're close, but flip it. A cruelness. An unkindness of ravens. Oh. <laughs> unkindness. <laughs> is it isn't it an unkind isn't that what it is? It's not a kindness. It's not a kindness. It it might. It might be an unkindness. We'll we'll look it up. Yeah. (laughs) I did not do well on that question, and it was an easy one. No, that would be one of the easier ones. So so now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like skip. No, we got this. We got this. 
Well, it's an episode of it's season eight. I think you both. I don't think either of you watched the episode. What episode? Let's, Maybe. Let's try okay. it. What acronym does Jamie come up with to help Nathan study? <laughs> oh my god, I did see this. It's for the. No. No, I didn't. T-Rex. I saw the one where he's helping no. him with the spelling bee. Yeah. No. Chester. Chester is the name of the bunny, who Angela is so attuned to realizing they switched out in some episodes. Yeah, switched they actors. They recast oh, here. Chester. Okay, wait. Well, in terms <laughs> of wait. Oh, well, here, Angela. How how do you say bunny rabbit in Latin? Um. Oh. Oh. Auriculus caniculus. Better than I would have gone. Yes. O- auriculus. Con- yeah, something like that. Wait, <laughs> that's the that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, that was like. When the fortune teller comes and like tells them there's like a, the you're bunny not alone in the, in the house. house. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. What was Julian's sleeping bag made out of when they went camping? Lambskin. Good job. Oh, okay, maybe. I'd... Um. Okay. What was what did Sam call Evan Peters' character? I said this already, but Evan Peters' character's name. I Jack said Daniels? this like ten. Yeah, I'm like I said this like ten minutes ago. Oh yeah, but like oh. that's his name. Like I thought it was no, like his a name is Jack, but like his name is Jack, but like the Jack Daniels part was like a joke. I'm... Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, how? Okay. How does Mouth sign off in Omaha? Uh, this is season blah, six. Blah blah blah. Uh, and you and you've heard a. Good job. Good job. I did not know that. I was actually like originally gonna do try to do like my five minute like this is everything that happens in One Tree Hill and like do it like really fast wow. and be like my name is Angela and this has been a mouthful, but Very I didn't nice. get to it because I didn't finish. Okay. Um, what did Peyton write on Brooks' prom dress? Whore. <laughs> Good job. Do you remember what Brooke, bonus question? Do you remember what Brooke said when she saw that horror was written on her prom dress? I don't. Or it, it was something like that. Like she cares. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it was like she then, like yeah. Okay. Sorry. Next one's yours, Olivia. Yeah. Go. Oh, oh no! Okay. No, no you're doing such a great job. No, no there's only there, there's only there's only one more, which is name in sequential order. Name the top three moments of Whitey's life. Which we barely covered. Whitey is the basketball coach. The very nice old white bald man who in other contexts could be creepy. And I wish like old men, we saw all old men as Whitey instead of like Dan Scott pervert. I love Whitey. Whitey, He always has something nice, like very knowledgeable to say. Good advice. Exactly. But they were talking about the thing where like Peyton and Whitey were like at the grave. And they're like, this is not okay. Like a basketball coach and like a cheerleader like is not okay. And it's kind of creepy. But it's like if all men were like Whitey, we could totally do this. Like some old white men are really nice and like deserve the Whitey treatment. Most do not, and they have to prove themselves to be a whitey. But, like, we all know, like, when I just rewatched the episode where Mouth, like, visits his grandpa who has Alzheimer's and they go go-karting with Peyton after the, bo- uh, after the boy draft. Like, some old men are really nice. Yeah. But, yes, Angela, top three moments in Whitey's life. Olivia, you can help guess. If you well, need. I think one of them is, like, the state championship. Yes. Winning that's the second. state championship. Yeah, state okay, championship. yeah, that's the second. Meeting oh, Camilla. It's like- Mm-hmm. those are the first two yeah yes the third one i will tell you also to do with basketball is it isn't it like 500 wins or some shit no mm. is it when he that retires was... or no. oh when nathan learns something from the game no 
It's in the episode where Lucas proposes to Peyton, where we see the time jump or the flashback. When he, when Lucas becomes the coach? No. I didn't watch that episode recently. Because no. I, I remember it's like they, they win. They win the state He retires. Isn't it like on his list? No, that's it's a different not- list. That was a different list of, I think, 500 wins, te- like, impact someone's life and something else. This was a different list. Okay. It's what happens before Lucas decides he needs to fly to L.A. to propose to Peyton. It's what happens at the very beginning of this episode, during the flashback. Lindsay's looking at a picture and was like, I haven't seen you this happy in years. And then it goes into the flashback. They're at the game. Nathan makes the winning shot. They win. Stuff. But what game? The championship. Did they win March Madness? No. So, so first one is when he meets Camilla. Second one is the high school state championship. The third one is when they when he retires with Nathan's community college team's championship after getting them back. And that's when Peyton sends Lucas the song and Lucas flies to LA to propose. And okay. he takes that as a no, even though she didn't say no. Wait, so like, Got why it. is that like the top like third moment in Whitey's life? Because I think he like officially retires after that, and he let Lucas like do the last play. So it's like he, I think he's like finally like wrapping up his time with basketball. Um, okay. Yeah. That Did was you skip any questions? That was it. That was it. Okay. He did very well. Angela did much better than I thought she would. She did better than me. (laughs) Angela, any final thoughts? Any lyrics you would like to sing for us? (laughs) I'm going to pass on that one today. Um, We'll record it when we're all together at Outside Lands. You can practice now. If only Gavin DeGraw was coming to Outside Lands. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We're going to petition for him in 2023. Exactly. There you go. Angela, did you submit the answers for me to get to meet them? Did you remember to submit? Yes. Did they contact you? No. Did you email it or did you Instagram? I emailed it. Okay. Did you check back for another email? I haven't gotten an email back. I only got DM'd about it. Yeah, I think I only got DM'd about it as well. But I did both. I emailed and DM'd. Oh, of course. Because I want to (laughs) win. I don't see anything. (laughs) Do you, Olivia? Do you? Are you competitive? What? can't see that <laughs> yeah no I'm excited I can't wait to finish the series and like do it and like start my rewatch because I think definitely the I really liked high school yeah. are you gonna listen to the podcast yeah. I feel you, should, like you, you need to rewatch it okay, with good the yeah I'm gonna it's start so my rewatch good. with the podcast the podcast is like one of the things that made me like really like appreciate the show a lot more and it's like love the women and who they are so like mm-hmm. some of the more like questionable things about like their characters make it easier also oh, speaking of the multiverse rachel is also married to like the main guy in supernatural so like they both did Sam like, or dean. dramas too i always get confused because dean from gilmore girls is also dean is on the show he the one so who's not, not jared, jared padalecki <laughs> the one who's not jared padalecki Got it. Correct. That's that's my distinction. The one who's not Jared Padalecki. Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, Olivia, thank you for my newest obsession. Angela will still be hearing about it for the next. I don't know. Everyone in my life. Maybe I'll calm down after now. I don't know. 
Because well, now the, po- the, podcast- the podcast is going for years, so I feel like it's just an excuse yes, okay. to talk about it for longer. I know. And I love their dynamic so much. When one of them is missing from an episode, it just doesn't feel the same. Yes, but it's fine because they were all at Sophia Bush's wedding in real life. And, like, Sophia Bush had a very, like, intimate – I mean, granted, it's huge, but, like, a very intimate wedding in, like, out of state. So, like, if they really didn't like the girls, like, Sophia had no reason to have to invite them. Which, to me, shows that they're very actually good friends. Because, like, I don't see Sophia Bush doing it for PR. Weren't they also all at Peyton's wedding? Or Hillary's wedding? Did you know? And I'm going to take this from Hillary. She literally had a tattoo artist at their wedding. And I love that so much. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's, like, that's a pretty... Okay, I don't know. Like, not, like, I don't know even personally. But, like, I feel like that's a pretty common thing I've seen, like, online, on Pinterest, on things. I see it more now, yeah. But I wonder how much that costs. Because, like, do the guests Well, you pay? pay by the hour. So they'll usually, you know how, like, you have, like, flash tattoos, so they already picked for you, so you can pick from the ones that are an option? Yeah. And then they just have, like, an hourly fee, and then your guests would just tip them. And then I think you would tip them as well. Oh. I looked into it a little bit. Okay, wait, if you had to, like, pick flash tattoos for a wedding, what would they be? Well, I'm like, watch Olivia pay for the service and only be, like, tattoos she would like. So after her reception, it would just be Olivia sitting there and everyone, like, giving her, like, drinks. Because, like, Olivia would just <laughs> yeah, take yes. all the time. It'd be, like, a cheaper way for Olivia to just get more tattoos. But I won't, I would want my friends to get them, too. I don't know. I think you pick something symbolic of, like, Oh, my God. If you had to get a tattoo. Your last name. Yeah. I don't even know. If you had to get a tattoo inspired by One Tree Hill or it's actors, actresses, what would you get? 23 as a tramp stamp <laughs> exactly <laughs> my god Ew. i no, have a question i, actually I have think, to think about i actually think if i would get anything it would be um the shakespeare oh. quote there's a tide in the affairs of men just like, oh my god <laughs> no if i could find some way to do like karen's cafe that'd be cool oh, oh that would be cool, cool. I don't I want like, Karen anywhere in my body, though. That's just, I feel like that's, in 2022, that's a bad... You know, right? I don't know what I would get. I want to think about it. I also want to do some fan art for them, so... Mm-hmm. Any yeah. ideas, and I'll try and Just make them it. all kiss. Three-way kiss. <laughs> oh, God. Is someone breaking into your house, Angela? No. Warning like would be good. Were you the I still <laughs> Angela cutting us out. How rude! <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> oh Just like the key, the, yeah. I heard the keys jiggling, and Angela's I'm like, Angela, like, there's only one person who should be entering Angela's apartment who she knows. So I don't know what gives. All right, sign us out. <laughs> oh, Angela. right, that's me. And on. The- <laughs> And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about in the comments. And no need to DM further because I am safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.